What's going on, White Sox fans? We got a jam-packed show for you today. It is Sox-Cubs week. We're going to preview the Sox-Cubs series. We have our contest winner, David Paulina. He's going to be joining us for the whole entire duration of this week's episode. We're going to talk Jose Abreu weird injuries. We're going to talk Shy Sox weekly Twitter polls. And then we are going to get a very secret guest caller. And we're going to talk about why we hate a certain player on the Cubs very much and that is all going to be right here on shy socks Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Hey everybody, this is Shy Sox Weekly, episode 22. This is Tony Marchese. I'm here with our co-host, John Suarez. And we also have our contest winner, Dave Polina, on tonight. Guys, how you doing? I'm doing excellent. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, of course, Dave. Uh, we want to clarify first, because we didn't ask you before we started recording, but we are pronouncing your name correct, right? Perfect. All right, cool. All right, so uh, before we get deep into this episode, um, normally what we do with our guests, especially ones that haven't been on before, is we give our listeners a little bit of a background on them, kind of ask them, you know, how long they've been a Sox fan, all that good stuff. So, yeah, how about we start off with that, Dave? How long you been a Sox fan for? Um, one of my first memories was when I was in fourth grade. Um, my, my fourth grade teacher was this huge Sox fan, and it was, uh also during the world series so i guess 2005 was one of my first memories and that's just some, some that's a good year i know okay um Absolutely. aside from, aside from that um you got a favorite player in the white Sox history that you got maybe on that 05 team maybe played before maybe after so believe it or not my favorite player uh is alexei ramirez uh, when I was when I was younger, I just I just loved watching him play. I loved his home run swing. It was just it was such a fluid swing, and I just I remember writing letters to him when I was a kid, hoping that he would respond. So never did, but he never responded to you. Nope, never. Cuban did. Cuban missile never yeah, even learned Cuban English missile, that well. Yeah. So yeah, he <laughs> probably didn't even know how to read your letter. To be honest, I mean, I'm sure yeah, he has a yeah. guy for that, but. 
Yeah, maybe got lost there somewhere, but you know, I I still have his jersey today, and I I I, I wore it recently. I think the, one of the past games I went to, uh, I think it was against Cleveland. Actually, I wore the jersey to mix it up a little bit. It was uh, the home white uh, pinstripe jersey, so like looks clean. I'm gonna gonna bring it out for today's game. Okay, yeah, I I actually was the owner of an Alexei Ramirez jersey as well, but that was in my youth, and I. You don't want to see me in that jersey now. Let's just put it. Let's just do, you, do you still own that jersey, John? Actually, so I did own this jersey, and that like him bringing this up just reminded me. I loaned it to my buddy, uh, probably four years ago now, four or five years ago for Halloween because he wanted to like dress up like he played for the White Sox or something. I don't know, and he never gave it back to me. So I don't even know if that's worth sending a text at this point. It's it's a youth XL. So is this guy on Twitter? <laughs> I eh, I don't know. You should hit. He's him not even. He's like a friend of a friend. Yeah, he's probably not on Twitter. Um, moving on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, aside from that, uh, shit. I like. I totally just lost my train of thought talking about that jersey. I was. I had three things I was gonna ask you before we got into the episode. Oh, favorite White Sox memory. Oh yeah, where do you normally like to sit when you go to a Sox game, my dude? Oh, so I love sitting. Uh, I always sit on the outfield, uh, usually section one sixty three. Uh, I just, I always, I always want to uh, grab a home run ball. And there's a game actually last month when Engel uh, went up to go rob a ball. He missed it, but I was, I was in the shot of the TV and of the cameras and just missed the ball. But since then, I've always, I always love sitting there and. You hear the one oh eight out there cheering all the time, so it's a good time. There you, we go. You one oh eight guy you one oh eight guy, Dave. Do you do you like to partake in oh. uh in some one oh eighting? Oh, absolutely. The uh um I heard you guys on one of your past shows uh mention that you saw my picture that I posted and um it was a picture that I used uh when I was that I took when I was one oh eighting um over in section I don't remember what it was, maybe 103 or something like that, but it was for Kopech Day. Um, but yeah, always, always love a good 108 session. There we go. What's your, uh, what's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite drink of choice there, Dave? Oh, that's a good, um, for going beer, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Bud Heavy guy, to be honest with you. I love, I love a good Budweiser. It's always a, it's always my choice game day and really any, any day. That's exactly what I'm sipping on right now. I'm I'm also a big Budweiser guy. Uh, I've got a few of them lined up for this show. Um, I hope maybe you do as well. But uh, yeah, Budweiser. That's that's it's a good beer. I, I enjoy it I enjoy is. Budweiser myself. Yeah, it's, it's usually overlooked with uh, in in the cheap beer community because you always hear you always uh, get the people drinking the Coors and the uh, Miller Lite. But Budweiser, I think, is is the best one out there for the best bang for your buck. It gets the job done very, very well, um, and I do. I'm, I'm, a, I'm also a craft beer guy, Dave. And uh, when I, when I like to settle back into the cheaper beer, I, I feel like Budweiser's kind of one of the more comparable to that. It's just a little bit heavier than everything else. I'm not a light beer guy yeah, either. Exactly, it's a little bit more body to it. It's great. It's great. No Modelo for you? Ah, uh, you know, from time to time. I, well. Wasn't upset with the uh, Sox what was last year, two years ago, with that being their official beer sponsor. But you know, 
whenever I want to go for a beer, it's not always convenient to have a uh, bottle opener on me. And I usually get, if I come across a Modelo, it's usually the glass bottles. So it's a little, a little frustrating sometimes. Got to get the keychain. You hear that, John? There you go. There's a Shy Sox Weekly product. We yeah, we should make a Shy Sox Weekly bottle opener. There, thank you, David. There you we're we're going to get right on that. Keychain um, key bottle opener. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm a huge Modelo guy. It is widely known that I am just the biggest Modelo guy out there. They make cans, Dave. You should check it out. The cans aren't bad. Um, the gas stations by me sell the cans. I don't know about you. Um, but also... I'm more of a Modelo with with a lime guy. Obviously, like any of those like heavier Mexican beers are gonna taste better with a lime, like a Corona, Modelo, anything like that. So, so, yeah. so this oh, guy got mad. This guy got mad at me when we were at the uh, what was that? The bar stool at the park, and I showed up for the for the tailgate. He's like, "Here's the Modelo." I'm like, "All right, cool." And he's like, "Wait, you have to put the lime in it." I'm like, "Dude." <laughs> I'll just drink this right now. Like I don't have to have the lime. No, it ma- it makes the Modelo, man. It, he like stalled me from drinking the beer for like a good three minutes while he opened the Ziploc. Well, bag that's what that you get when you pull up a fucking cooler. hour later, and I'm already eighteen Modelos deep now. He wanted to make sure 18. he gave out a bunch of Modelos. That that was the that was the thing. Like drink a Modelo with Shy Sox Janda, and I I'm pretty sure he made every single person put the lime in the Modelo before he would give it to them. Yep, hundred percent. Not gonna lie, I've never I've never heard of the lime in a Modelo. I, I I know of it with like the Coronas and a Tecate. I always have to have a lime with the Tecates, but Modelo I always just go for it straight. But I'm gonna have to go for the uh, the lime in it next time. That's everyone's saying that it's like, so great. It's a game changer. Thank me later. So we've got one okay. other question that we normally ask everybody that comes on our show. Uh, this is kind of a controversial, controversial topic. Have you ever seen the movie Fever Pitch? I have. <laughs> What's your favorite part in Fever Pitch? Have you seen like enough of it to remember? Um. Well, obviously, just just the one part that sticks out of my my head is when uh, Drew Barrymore gets nailed with the ball. Okay. I, yeah. I love that scene just because most of the time when I go to Sox games or games itself, I'm always with someone that's like that character in the movie that's never paying attention. I'm just like, I, I really hope you get hit by a ball right now because that'll be hilarious, and also you'll just learn your lesson. <laughs> oh, yeah. So don't my go to a personal, game with Dave. <laughs> my personal favorite scene from Fever Pitch, and spoiler alert for uh, My Sock Summer out there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but my favorite scene is when he, um, they're going through the walk in the park, and you know they've been together for a while, and he's getting all deep and emotional when he's talking, and then he gets down on one knee and pulls out the little ring box, and she's just like jaw dropped, like doesn't know what to do, and he opens up the box, and it's two tickets to opening day. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Will you go to opening day with me?" Oh, that sh- Dad- like you can't, you can't out like you can't outright that. That's perfect for a baseball. That's perfect humor. So I I love that too. One of my, my – just since we're sharing favorite scenes, uh, I like when they get the season tickets in the mail and he opens it up and he's like smelling them. them. And he makes the – yeah, he makes the guys dance for these. I, that's something that I imagine like a good like group of guys. And this could be like any baseball team. 
there's like that group of season ticket holders and he's making them, you know, do crazy shit for it. Like that's why I think we're all surprised that the that like My Sock Summer hasn't seen this movie cuz I could totally see that being the 108 guys like dancing for what weekends they get to like <laughs> like oh know, shit, I got a tickets. business trip so my seats available. Who's who's right, got the best exactly. seat for me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do all that type of stuff on Twitter, giving tickets out shit like that. So I I'm just yeah, that 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 one's my favorite scene. Besides the besides the scene where he wipes his ass with the Yankees toilet paper, because I I wish I had like Cubs toilet paper to wipe my ass with. Speaking of, it's a big weekend coming up. We got Sox and Cubs. Uh, Dave, are you going to be at any of these games? No, I'm I'm bummed. This is the first time in uh, four years I've missed uh, a Cubs Sox series. So, that, yeah, that... it just doesn't line up with the work, and also. The the prices of these tickets are absolutely ridiculous. Like like was like seventy five dollars for standing room now on Saturday's game. Yeah, it's on. Yeah, if that's what it's going to start looking like here in the next couple years, though, if we start actually competing. Yeah, see, I'm fine with that though, but it's the fact that it's against the Cubs, and that's <laughs> Cubs, the only reason yeah. why these tickets are up. Like. It's 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 awful, but you know what? I I'm okay with paying that extra few extra bucks in the future for uh, for going to see a good team. Yeah, of but, course. Well, you look at you look at uh, the teams like uh, even the Cubs. Well, the Cubs have always had high ticket prices, but even like the Blackhawks, they kind of when they when they hit their peak, uh, the the ticket prices for that just went through the roof. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. Although I think next year we should be okay. Uh, I think next year. Uh, there's really no expectation of competing at this point in time, especially with the Kopech injury. Uh, so I think we should be okay for at least another year with the with the empty ballpark, cheap seats, good beer. Um, I'm looking forward to next year, though, for that reason, just a little bit. Yeah, because yep. then we start, we start competing again, and then uh, we get all the bandwagoners back on board, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully it won't be awful, but no, I'm, I'm looking forward to the future. Yeah, so Tony actually got a little excited there. We were going to save the Sox Cubs talk for a little bit later because we oh, got we something that we want to we want to dial we'll save up. The, so we'll save the Sox Cubs talk for a little bit later. Let's get into some of the other topics we want to get to. John, what do you, what do you want to hit first? Yeah, let's hit let's hit Jose Abreu and his weird ass injuries first. So I want to first start with that it's testicular torsion that he had. Not Trojan. I just read the word really fast and had never heard of it before, to be quite honest. So he finally healed from that, recovered. He came back. I think the first series he was back for was that Orioles series, wasn't it? Like, didn't he just come back for that those three games? Actually, no, 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 no. He was he was back. Uh, he was back activated before. on September tenth. Uh, yeah, the he series. was actually it was the Royals series. Yeah, the he Royals was actually series. That's hit- who it was. He was actually hitless in his last like twenty at bats or something like that. Yeah, so exactly. he has not been the same since his uh, since his sack had a little issue. Yeah, and who knows how that came about? You know what I'm saying? Um, that was in the midst of a road trip. I'm pretty sure. I know he's a Family Guy, but you know these pro athletes, little tr- testicular torsion. You never know. Are you but anyways, suggesting? So. Are you suggesting an Avi Garcia type? Prince Fielder, Prince Prince Fielder's wife. No, maybe I don't know. Um, so moving on from that, uh, Jose Abreu uh, was ex- he's expected to miss this whole series, is he not? That's what I read. He is. 
Yeah, so Jose Abreu is actually now currently out with an infection in his thigh. And I don't know if you guys have any background on that. That was all I read. I just saw a tweet, and then I was at work all day. So, But that news broke today. So Jose Abreu is not going to be available for this series that started tonight with the Cleveland Indians. The Sox actually dropped the opener. We haven't even got around to that. But, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about what the hell a thigh infection is. So, Obviously, we know what a thigh infection is, but, like, how the – like, what? So there's – my train of thought, at, at least originally on this, was it's an after effect to what happened. Now, they said that the surgery was an abdomen surgery, so I'm not quite sure how it gets down to the thigh. I'm not a doctor or anything, but it, there's just something weird going on with Jose Abreu these days. I'm not quite – a hundred percent certain on this, but wasn't there some sort of bonus attached to him hitting certain numbers for the end of this year? Gosh, I don't read into stuff like that, but obviously, yeah, when you have a contract like Jose Abreu's, it's normally built around incentives, especially long term. So towards the end end years, like it's hit thirty home runs, getting extra, you know, hundred thousand shit like that. So I'm sure there's some sort of incentive that he's probably pretty close to getting, being at what's he at twenty four home runs right now? Yeah, well, I, I, I I'm not saying things are at play here, but this is kind of like one of those unfortunate things where it's kind of teetering on. Would the Sacks have benched him at this point in time, or you know, would they have kind of limited his at-bats late in games to kind of reach those numbers? I, I want to say earlier in the year, uh, somebody had brought that up. I, I can't remember exactly who it was. If it is you, please hit us back on Twitter uh, to kind of let us know that that was you. But uh, regardless if this is an actual thing or if it's, uh, you know, something that's outside of the the norm here i'm not trying to suggest anything but uh it it's just kind of weird some of these injuries that, that have crept up for jose abreu over the over the last month here hasn't jose been rather unhealthy i guess the whole season with just injuries here and there like at least more than what i've remembered from his previous seasons if i'm if i'm remembering the beginning of the season at all correctly didn't he have like knee problems or something or like Yeah, he's yeah. had yeah, that kinda of started to crop up last year though, the knee problems. And and here's my question for you guys, and this was a poll that I was gonna run. We're gonna segue this into the polls. Uh what do you think that the Sox are gonna do with Jose Abreu? So the the way I look at it is do they trade him this offseason? Do they sign him to an extension? Do they trade him at the trade deadline next year, depending on whether or not the Sox are competing and there's a market for him? Or do they lose him to free agency? What do you guys think is going to happen? I believe they just let him ride his contract out. I think he's guaranteed through – is it through 2020 or is it through 2019? It's either until 2020 or it's through 2020, right? Let's let's grab a quick uh, look up on Jose Abreu's contract. I want to. I say... mean, regardless, my viewpoint on that doesn't change though, because I think two years of Jose Abreu, like I, I mean, we kind of talked about this a little bit. I think two or three episodes ago, like the first base market is so thin. I was putting out those tweets about free agent, possible free agent signings, and all there really is is like Matt Adams. So. This free- so he's ARB eligible for 2019, and in 2020 he's a UFA. So they they have him for one more year. 
2020. If they go to arbitration with them in 19, Abreu will probably win that case, which will probably cost the Sox a pretty well, that's, penny. That's our that's our this this off season right here. So 20 2018, his base salary was 13 million. Uh, he's arb eligible for this this off season, uh, which is his age 32 season, and then uh, 2020, he's a UFA. If I if I read this correctly. Yeah, then if it's 2020, yeah. If he's a UFA in 2020, then they're just going to keep him. I don't see them getting – I mean, and if there is a time to trade him, it'll be us not being a contender, trading him to a contender in the trade deadline next year. That's the only time. They're not going to – he's not a winner meeting topic. Probably not. I don't see that happening. But I didn't see that well, happening with Adam Eaton either, and then he got traded. Well, it has to be pretty drastic, I think, for them to have to trade him. But like you said, I think they're pro- – they- should I think keep him out until at least he hits free agency? But, but there, who do we have right now in the farm system that could possibly even replace him? Like Gavin, Gavin I, Sheets, <laughs> oh, Casey Gillespie yeah, your, would probably. I was be yelling like, at you guys. Sorry. No, oh, go ahead. You're good. I, I was saying I was yelling at you guys through my radio when I was listening, or yeah, when I was listening to you guys, uh, your last podcast. With uh, talking about Gavin Sheets and uh, Jake Berger potential, I love Jake Berger. It, it, awful with his Achilles, but th- there's there's nothing that there's no, the first base like the first base uh, depth, I guess you could say, in the, in the system. I think is pretty pretty slim uh, without converting other players, other position players to what um, to, to play the position. But I, I would rather them keep on to him, honestly. Because we have nothing there, and that's a pretty big position to fill. I'm just tired of seeing Matt Davidson play first base. That's <laughs> that's that's my thing on that. I, I'm tired of seeing Matt Davidson play first base. I know the guy started the year kind of hot. Um, I don't think he got a lot of reps at third this year. Uh, and, John, you and I were talking about this a little bit ago uh, before we started recording was the, the Yolmer Sanchez thing how I predicted Yomer Sanchez to be the starting third baseman opening day in like, I think our very first episode and, and Yomer's carried the load at third and, and we both agree. And I don't know about you, David, but Yomer Sanchez is not the long-term answer at third base. There's either going to be a free agent signing or Jake Berger or somebody like that. It's going to need to figure it out. Maybe a potential move for Yon Makata over there by the year, like 2020, 2021, uh, depending on uh, Nick Madrigal's development or, Maybe even like a guy like Jose Rondon kind of proving himself, but third base, both both corners are uh, are hot topics here for for what the Sox are going to have to do when the team actually competes. If that answer long term you think is Jose Abreu, we're looking at a 34, 35, 36. If they give him a, those are the ages that he'd be if they gave him even a three year extension. Do you really want a 35, 36 year old Jose Abreu uh, on the payroll at that point in time? I, I pose no. that question to both of you, and uh, feel free to mull it over, but I'm going to go no. Not if it's costing you $13 million. Fuck no. Well, yeah, you, have to no. Think his, you have to think that his agent's going to go to bat for, for more than $13 million at that, at well, that the point. Well, thing is, the thing is, is I don't think at – so, like, the, the position of first base is very tricky because a lot of first basemen that, like, become great first basemen don't start as a first baseman. 
like a lot of the great ones over the last couple of years, like Adrian Gonzalez started in the outfield. Albert Pujols was a left fielder. Miguel Cabrera was an outfielder, moved to third, moved to first. Like the list goes on, dude. Adam Dunn used to be an outfielder. Like I'm just listing like big power hitting first baseman. Like the thing is, is one, that could be a position for Daniel Palka to own yes. moving forward. Yes. If that that could be a thing. We also talked about Eloy Jimenez maybe being an option at first base moving forward. So I don't think that like like they're they are very thin right now farm wise at first base, but I don't think that they're short on people that could play first base, if that makes any sense to you guys. Yeah, hear me out here. Twenty twenty first baseman, Omar Narvaez. Holy shit. <laughs> Tony Ooh. loves you right now. <laughs> yes. You know what? I'm I'm actually way behind that. Um the His power numbers are the, way up. The, the Omar Narvaez thing is is big. Uh, I've had to edit out a few segments of myself talking about Omar Narvaez over and over again on this podcast because I feel like it's a Omar Narvaez broken record. Boy. Um and I wasn't coming into this year, which is the most hilarious thing. Um I became an Omar Narvaez fan when uh, I I bought a PS4 just to play MLB The Show. And in the year 2019, Omar Narvaez wins the batting title with a 364 batting average and hits 24 <laughs> dingers. Um, and, and I kind of looked at that, and this is all kind of going in the, in the same time as Omar Narvaez starting to hit a shit ton of home runs and, and, and good clutch situations for the White Sox this year. Um Big Omar Narvaez guy, but I do think that the the White Sox uh, long term at catcher is going to be Zach Collins, potentially Sebi Zavala. Uh, play the train horns there for that. I know the Sebi Zavala train hasn't really been a thing on Shy Sacks Weekly for a while, but because I, I can have see better those... microphone quality. What was that? I said it's because I have better microphone quality because yeah, I, exactly. I hear the train while we're recording. It still happens. You guys just can't hear it anymore. Well. Regardless, I think Sebi Zavala gets his shake in 2019. We'll see what he does with it. Uh, I think it's probably somewhere around June where he gets a call up uh, just to see what he can do. I'm I'm kind of surprised. I know he had a few injuries this year, but I'm kind of surprised he didn't get a call at any point in time. Uh, just I mean, he started the year kind of hot. He's he's getting up there in age, uh, and the the Sox used a few just random names to fill in spot starts at, at the catcher position. Uh, I'm interested to see what they do with Wellington Castillo next year because I don't think he fits the long-term plan either. And I, I quite frankly don't think that the fans really want to watch uh, Wellington Castillo behind the plate at all anymore. Yeah, not if, not if you have Zavala ready. I mean, I think more fans would want Sebi Zavala behind there than Wellington Castillo, which I understand, but also at the same time I don't. So. Yeah. No, I'm with you guys. All right, so that's going to feed us into our next topic, which is going to be a couple of polls that we ran out this week on Shy Sox Weekly, which we kind of already just discussed a little bit. But, Tony, I'm going to let you kind of bring up those uh, polls. I'm actually going to go take a piss really quick, and I'm going to let you and David, like, start that off, and then I'll be right back. So you guys go ahead. All right, so John's taking his first bathroom break of the night. Kind of surprised he made it 25 minutes into this podcast before doing that. Uh, but yes, I did run a few polls on the Shy Sox Weekly Twitter. Uh, the first one that I want to get into is who's going to be the opening day pitcher 
for the White Sox in 2019. I know this is a little bit of a premature poll. Uh, I ran the names Ronaldo Lopez, Lucas Giolito, Carlos Rodon, and other. Please comment and reply. Uh, this was kind of a little bit of a trick question that I that I threw out there. So obviously, out of those three guys, Carlos Rodon is your is your obvious choice. Um, I know that guys like Dylan Covey and some of these other you know fringe starter guys uh, aren't going to actually be the opening day starter. Uh, Lucas Giolito has struggled through this year. We've brought this up ad nauseum on this show. Uh, even though Jordan Lazowski over at Sox on 35th uh, will defend Lucas Giolito till the day he dies, uh, I don't think that Lucas Giolito is a number one, number two guy. I don't think he ever will be. If we can make him a four or five guy and he sticks there, that's great. Uh, Reynaldo Lopez has shown flashes this year. I think he has the stuff that could potentially play in a number two, uh, maybe number one role if he figures that out and puts it together over the course of his career. Carlos Rodon has shoved all fucking year. He has really come out and shown himself as an ace. Now, the other was where I was waiting to see if anybody would would vote there and actually reply back and and give an answer of who that was and the reason i did that was because i wanted to see if anybody thought that we would make a free agent signing to shore up this rotation with michael kopech's injury because i do think that had michael kopech stayed healthy and actually continued his development through the end of the year kind of capped off at 180 innings there was actually a shot that he opens the year as the opening day starter for the White Sox. And the reason I say that is Michael Kopech and his development, he's supposed to be that ace of this staff. Maybe it's a debate between Carlos Rodon and Michael Kopech if Kopech is, is healthy going into the going into next year. Uh, but I thought that maybe in spring training there would be a little bit of a, of a battle between the two of them. Obviously, that didn't shake out. So now you're left with Carlos Rodon being kind of the ace of this staff, and it, it is his staff right now. But with some of the names that other guys throw out there, guys like Patrick Corbin um, in particular, now if he were to sign with the White Sox, I would think that a guy like Patrick Corbin would kind of challenge Carlos Rodon for that, that number one spot next year. Nobody voted in the other in the other spot. Now, I understand why. Um Maybe not a lot of people think that we'll actually make that free agent signing. But I'm actually kind of curious out there why nobody chose other because there is a potential for the Sox to make that signing. What I got out of that poll was that nobody thinks that the Sox are going to sign or make any moves to bring in any better starting pitchers than Carlos Rodon this offseason. Uh, Dave, oh, I, I'm going to throw this over to you and, and kind of get your reaction to that because that tells me that the Sox are going to – just pass on 2019. I know we kind of talked about how we don't really think they're going to compete, but that poll was kind of just my feeler out there to see if, if people thought that the Sox would make any, any kind of moves. Uh, see, I'm not too surprised because I, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people, myself included, I, I voted for Carlos Rodon in that poll um, because the only other person I would have thought would have been maybe James Shields. He, he's still around. Is next year his last season with us? There's an option for James Shields. Um, actually, that okay. was a that was a two parter because if if they pick that option up or, or you know 
go around that kind of restructure, maybe a two-year deal with him or, or a one-year deal. That I, I don't think he'd sign a one-year deal just given the money that he'd get on that option. But yeah. James Shields would kind of be a maybe maybe the guy that they give the ball to. Uh, I mean, he's got the most tenure, all that type of stuff. But there, nobody picked other. So I, I'm just yeah. yeah. That that was that would have been the only reason why I would have picked other. Really, that was going through my mind because when I was thinking of uh, free agent signings this this off season. I was thinking of picking up another Derek Holland or Miguel Gonzalez, which obviously just fill up that that five spot there. So we hopefully wouldn't have to see uh, Dylan Kobe again. Um, but that so that's I think Carlos Rodon is just the shoe in there because. they're not going to make a big splash this year with with, uh, starting pitchers. It it would be nice if they did because that would show the direction that they're going. But like what you just said, I think that they're going to be just, I think this is going to be another, another uh, quote unquote rebuild season uh, for, uh, for the Sox. You know, maybe we get over, maybe we hover around 500 or maybe we have another, uh, 98-99 lost season. Who knows? But I don't think they're going for another... I don't think they're going for a high-end pitcher yet. Or maybe at all. Alright. Good good, good feedback there. I, I think that's what I got out of this, was that we we should probably throw names like Corbin off of the table. Um, not to say that they won't, uh, but not to expect it. So, the next poll that I ran... Oh, whoa, whoa. You thought? Hold on. I get to put my two cents in the pot. I didn't know how long it was going to take you in the bathroom. I've been back. I was actually listening to you talk. I didn't want to cut you off, and then Dave jumped right in. So, I mean, it's fine. So, I only have one thing I don't want to say, and it's about Ronaldo Lopez. So, I'm going to kind of nip, like, everything you said. And how you said Ronaldo Lopez moving forward could be a number two guy. He can be, and I honestly think that he will be. But I also think that I can, like, envision Ronaldo Lopez being, like, a Colin McHugh. Can you not? I can't. Like, can you – I can envision him being, like, a shutdown reliever so, that if you need him to go long, like, a long, like, couple, so, three, four innings, you, he can. But if you also only need him for one batter, he can also do that. Like, So I brought this up before that Ronaldo Lopez is going to be, like, an Andrew Miller, Colin McHugh guy. So yeah. I echo that. And the 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 one thing that I want to see, John, is I want to see us fill that starting rotations with so many high-quality guys that we don't have anywhere else for Reynaldo Lopez to be. And for that to happen, guys like Lucas Giolito need to be far long gone. Because you're not going to have Lucas Giolito in the rotation and Reynaldo Lopez in the bullpen. <laughs> you're just not. There's based no way. Off this year, based off, based this, off this year, year no. based off this year, no, you're not. <laughs> so you need you need a Michael Kopech, you need Carlos Rodon, you need Dylan Cease, you need two other guys who are going to fill that out, who are better than Reynaldo Lopez and better than Lucas Giolito, and then you have Reynaldo Lopez be the best reliever in that bullpen. Andrew Miller, Callan McHugh, he can go, like you said, three four innings. He could go one batter. He's gonna shut the. She's gonna shut the door. Not a closer, but he's gonna shut the door. If you have a guy, and and he can also fill in and spot start, if you need him to. That's a luxury for a guy like that. And I like the fact that you brought that up because that would be an absolute luxury for the White Sox. Yeah. So that was. I mean, other than that, <clears throat> um, 
Corbin would be a nice acquisition for the Sox. I actually like that would be like pretty much the only <laughs> starting pitcher out of all the starting pitchers that I would want. But obviously, he's the hottest starting pitcher name on the market besides Keiko. But I really do see Keiko going back to the Astros. So, um, yeah. Corbin's going to be looking for max money in a long-term deal, and I think the Sox are kind of still a year away from giving out that max money to an ace. Maybe not. Like, I would still love to see them offer those contracts to Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. And uh, Pete Hand actually commented on that free agency post that I had made, which we'll kind of loop in with the Twitter polls, but I don't even really want to go in-depth about it. Um, He had brought up that the White Sox – need to go after Bryce Harper this offseason heavily and aggressively, and there's one main reason why, and that the White Sox are sort of falling out of relevancy, you know, ratings-wise, fan-wise, attendance-wise. So that, like, like, they can do whatever they want, but they have to go get that blue chip, like, big-name free agent signing to be able to start putting butts back in those seats starting from opening day on. And I echo that, too, because, I, th- I mean, I would love to see them offer Bryce Harper a, gr- a big contract and Manny Machado. I, who I wouldn't want to see either of them I on the South Side, you know? Agree. I completely agree with, with everything that, that Pete Hand has to say on that. Um, I don't I don't foresee it happening, uh, but I agree. No. I, I completely agree. I would love I, to yeah. see Bryce Harper out there. I'd love to see Manny Machado out there. But... I just I don't see it happening, and we we teeter on the are the Sox going to compete in 2019 or are they going to shove on the year? I mean the uh, Beef Loaf wrote an article earlier uh, today about the benefits of the Michael Kopech injury. The the stadium will be empty. Rick Khan gets to say you know we're still developing players for another year. We haven't even seen Eloy up yet. Are the Sox even going to compete until we get a full season of Eloy? You're kind of passing on at least half of a month if he's not breaking camp with the team. Uh, that can have an effect on the win-loss record. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I would love to see Bryce Harper. I mean, imagine an outfield with Bryce Harper and Eloy Jimenez for the next seven years. I just came. <clears throat> All right, so moving on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so moving on to the next Twitter poll. I actually didn't even see these Twitter. Or, well, actually, no, I saw them. The other one was who would hit the most home runs, right? Because we right. just started off with the pitch one. Yep. Okay, so say that one. So who would hit the most home runs next year? I think I had uh, Daniel Polka out there, Jose Abreu, uh, Avi Garcia, and why am I drawing a blank on this one? Um, Wasn't it other? Eloy. No, no, it was Eloy. It was Eloy. Um, and everybody voted for Eli pretty much. I think there was a little bit between uh, Jose Abreu there and Daniel Pelka. Uh, and this actually sparked up a little bit of fire before we got on little, air between Tony bit. and I. And not even the question is what sparked up fire. Something that Tony thinks is going to happen next year. A little bold Marchese, crazy Marchese prediction. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, so we'll get into that. I'm going to get right into it. I'm surprised that people picked Eloy, and my reasoning behind that is I think Daniel Polka has this almost on lockdown. He's going to hit the most home runs next year for the White Sox. The dude has already broken the rookie home run record for the White Sox. Think about that. He's got he's beaten guys like Frank Thomas in rookie home runs. Um, 24 so far in the year and 401 plate appearances. If the Sox do this the correct way, 
and Daniel Palka gets five to six hundred at bats next year. That number is easily at least thirty-five home runs. If you think about that, if he can hit six home runs more in an extra hundred plate appearances, he's at thirty. Now, Eloy Jimenez is going to come up probably around April fifteenth. That gives Daniel Palka about fifteen games more, so he's probably already at the three-four home run range there. And he's got a lead on Eloy Jimenez. You also have Avi Garcia in a full healthy year could probably hit somewhere in the 25 to 30 range if he hits them at the rate that he's been hitting them when healthy. I don't foresee Eloy Jimenez hitting that many home runs to surpass a guy like Daniel Palka if Palka's getting the at-bats. I'm booking Daniel Palka for 35-plus home runs next year easily. John doesn't think so, but... I think I Daniel Palka leads the White Sox in home runs next year. Given the plate appearances, it's contingent on that, but Daniel Palka's the guy that wins that wins that battle right there. He's the home run leader. All right, so I'm going to let David answer while I gather up some information here. So David, first, who do you think uh who do you think's going to hit the most home runs on the White Sox next year? Oh, Palka hands down. I mean, he hasn't even played a full season this year. I think he's only going to get better. And I, I hope, I just hope that Ricky kind of catches on and doesn't keep on trotting uh, Davidson out there as DH every day or whatever he's doing because it's nonsense. Because after, it's it's almost like after that first Royals game of the season where he hit like three home runs, everything just went downhill for him. I'd rather see Paul could go out there batting whatever he's batting, like low like 240 or 230. I'd rather see that with the power that he's showing than Davidson and his Davidsonness. All right, but but Palka is going to be—he's going to be smashing some balls next year. And I, I understand where people are coming from with Eloy, but like he's like he's, I, what, he has like twenty-some home runs right now in the minors, which is great. But I think that he's going to there's going to be a big adjustment. I could see him hitting twenty home runs around 20 next next season but Polka's just gonna have a bigger jump on him all, all around and you know what I'm I'm on the Polka I'm on the uh Polka mania that's what that's what I'm having right now <laughs> okay so um all right I'm not saying like okay so before I even like I'm not gonna go on a rant but before I even like do this. I want people to understand that I love Daniel Palka and I'm like super grateful for everything that he has done this year for the Chicago White Sox because he has made baseball fun and exciting into September. It is September 18th today and I'm still watching every White Sox game and not even like getting bored watching the White Sox like sometimes I do when they suck. <laughs> so anyways, um Tony, I know this is going to piss Tony off. So, okay, so before this all started, Tony had said that Daniel Palka is like, would for sure hit 35 to 40 home runs next year for the White Sox. And I said, no way. That was my response. And I don't know, Dave, what do you think about that? Do you think he hit 35 to 40 home runs next year? Oh, uh, no. I, I think that he could still lead the White Sox with home runs. I think 30. 30 is a very reasonable number for him. He's at 24 yeah, now I, and 400 at-bats. And that's fine. And that is literally fine. He's not going to get 600 fucking at-bats next year, Tony. Okay, so anyways, first of all, 
Daniel Palka, 2018. He has 401 at-bats, 24 RBIs, or no, 24 home runs, and he has a 784 OPS. Play that off to 2017 Matt Davidson. He had 443 at-bats, he had 26 home runs, and he had a 7.11 OPS. I guarantee Palka's OPS goes down to about 7.70 by the end of the year with the same amount of plate appearances and probably about 26 home runs. I'm seeing a lot this year from what I saw last year in Matt Davidson. That's why I'm not sold on moving forward, how it can play into a 35 to 40 home run season. I know Matt Davidson's been hurt a good amount this year. He has 20 home runs right now and 413 plate appearances. So he almost has as many plate appearances as last year, and he has just about the same amount. So he's like kind of plateauing at that production rate. Why you got to well, be a Debbie Downer? I, I'm, an, I'm a realist. I would hate to – I'm not even trying to be pessimistic. I'm actually trying to be realistic right now. Daniel Palka is not going to get 600 at-bats in that White Sox outfield next year. He's not. He's not going to play the outfield next year. He's not going to get 600 at-bats – uh, he's not going to be an everyday DH. I guarantee they still do their stupid fucking Chicago White Sox bullshit rotational DH that they have been doing ever since we haven't had a, a solid DH pretty much since Tome. I mean, Adam Dunn was all right, but he struck out a ton, and I fucking hated Adam Dunn. Like, he was good his first year, and then the last, like, three years, I fucking hated him. So a DH is obviously a lack there position for the Chicago White Sox, and Palco would be a great serve full-time DH, but they're still going to experiment. I can see them experimenting him at first, but still, he's not going to get 600 total. I'm not seeing it. And he's he's not going to get 35 to 40 home runs, which is the main argument. Well, you and I can continue this debate into the offseason. Uh, we'll probably turn about- it into a bet. But we'll we'll, we we'll see how he does in spring training. We'll see how he does we'll in spring training. We'll make sure that he's healthy going into the year, and we can, we can put – uh, we could put some sort of bet down on, on who's going to lead the White Sox in home runs next year. John, I All think right. that's something that you and I can do next season. Uh, is, uh, we could we could make some bets about some stuff. We I will. I think that would be fun. And uh, it doesn't let's... even have to be about like money. We can bet like, other things like Shy Sox Weekly t-shirts. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Um, yeah. If you have anything else to say about that, go ahead. But other than that, I kind of want to get into Sox-Cubs. and then I want to get into Sox-Cubs too. So All right, cool. It's Sox Cubs this weekend. Um, I know there's a lot of things going on. The 108 have uh, a tailgate with uh, Sox on 35th coming up uh, for Saturday. Uh, Hawks' last game is on Sunday. Uh, I will be glued to the TV for that. Very sad that this is uh, the end to Hawk Harrelson's career. Uh, I went out. I bought the Hawk book. I'm I'm just totally ready for listening to Hawk call that game. Uh, but Friday, I will be there at the ballpark with uh, uh, one of our former call-in guests, Jake Trojan. Uh, he and I will be in the 108, uh, taking back the 108. Uh, that's what they asked for. Uh, so if, you, if you're if you there, come see me, come see Jake. I think Beef Loaf's going to be there. Um, so come drink with us. Uh, but let's get into Sox Cubs uh, series predictions. What does everybody think that the Sox are going to do against the Cubs here in this upcoming series? Sweep them. Dead silence. No, um, I think the yeah, Sox are you did, probably. You <laughs> I think the Sox are probably going to take one of three, like they did earlier in the year. Um, 
they're not really playing at the level that the Cubs are playing right now. The Cubs are pretty hot right now. I know they, they had that pretty shitty series against the Brewers, which I went on my lengthy rant about, but I know I've seen the last couple of nights, all I've been seeing is fucking Javi Baez highlights on my Twitter feed of him hitting home runs in Arizona. So they're dominating a what was once a playoff hopeful team, which I was looking at the standings today. It doesn't look like the Diamondbacks really have hope to make the playoffs anymore. So, But anyways, the Cubs are playing hot baseball. As it sits right now, um, Jose Quintana is going to be the starting pitcher on Friday when you go, Tony. So I'm actually super jealous that you're going to see his first start back at the cell. Um, also, John Lester is going to be pitching Saturday and then Kyle Hendricks on Sunday. So that's not an easy three-headed monster to go against. And it doesn't have the Sox pitchers because I know they did some they did some shuffling today. They moved Rodon forward in his spot. They got Kovey going tomorrow and then Shields on Thursday. So they'll obviously miss it. So if I had to guess, it would probably be Quintana Giolito, Lester Lopez, Hendricks Rodon, which would all be pretty solid matchups in my opinion, but we don't have an MVP candidate in our offense right now. We don't have that firepower. I would love to see Daniel Pelka hit a fucking walk-off against the Cubs, though. How awesome would that be? Oh, that would be fucking awesome to see. Uh, but yeah, that's my prediction. Um, I think we'll probably win the Saturday game. That would be nice for the Sox on 35th and the Section 108 guys to have the tailgate, and then go in and and capture that W. Um, All three games, the G-spot is going to be rocking. I promise you that. Whether it's with Cubs or Sox fans, all of Chicago is going to be represented, and it's going to be loud. I hope so. And I hope the games are close. Like, last year there were a couple blowouts in the Crosstown Classic. It wasn't too fun to watch for a few of the games. But I'm hoping for a good series. That's all you can hope for at this point in September when we don't have too much baseball left. I, t- I said I wasn't going to turn into a rant, and I did. Dave, what's you your absolutely prediction? absolutely did, yep. <laughs> uh, I, I see two of three, and it really all depends on our pitching, on our pitching. If we, if, if that plays out to what you just said with Rodon on Sunday and uh, – I don't know why I started with Sunday. Giolito Friday, Lopez Saturday, Rodon Sunday. I think that we could honestly take the game Friday against Q because he's been rather inconsistent this season. Um, and if we get a solid outing from Giolito like he has, I don't, I don't think he did. His last outing was pretty bad, um, whatever, last night or two nights ago. But if we get a solid outing from Giolito, Katana's off. Lopez, I, I, I could see just losing that game, and then Rodon, he's gonna, he's just gonna be lights out again against uh, Hendricks, who's also his ERA is three fifty eight, twelve and eleven this this year. Uh, you know, I think we have a very good shot at two games, but I also see us having a good shot at uh, getting swept because it would just be our luck that our pitching leaves and then our hitting is gone, and but. Maybe Abreu will make a miraculous recovery, come back, get a few home runs, get close to those 25, which he won't get, but get closer. Paul goes with a few home runs, too. I think we have a chance of winning the series. Okay. Um, Unfortunately, if the Sox do win the series and they do end up tying, 
The Cubs yeah, did win cup. last year, so no, the Cubs won last year, so they would yeah. end up keeping yeah. the cup because that's the tiebreaker. Is the winner from the year before keeps the cup? Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, so they have to sweep to, to get the fucking cup. All right, go ahead, Tony. Take it on. Yeah. So there's one player that I really fucking hate on the Cubs right now. Wait, did you I, drop your prediction yet? Uh, my my prediction. Okay, so let me go back to my prediction. I actually kind of and in a line with you there on that. I think we take one out of two. Um, what game that is? I'm not sure. The Sox are gonna win it in some stupid way. Um, just because the Cubs blow it and we'll la- walk, we'll all walk. laugh about it. Um, but I I don't foresee the Sox like absolutely dominating whatever game that is. I'm hoping that it's Friday. Uh, and I and I actually hope that we take two out of three from them. I haven't really looked back to see what the uh, what the standings are in the NL Central uh, after our last podcast that we dropped. Um, I, I know the Brewers were right on their heels, and yes, I would have loved to have seen the Brewers overtaken them. Uh, we spent a lot of time talking about this last week. Um, Root against. I just the looked Cubs, at the but... I just looked at the wild card standings. I didn't check the Central or anything or else. I would tell you. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure what that is. I would have loved to see the Sox kind of knock them out of first place. I'm not quite sure if they'll be within three games, uh, but no, I think one out of one out of one out of three is the most realistic of that. Uh, but um, again, you got to hope for the sweep. I hate the fucking Cubs. I hope we I hope we sweep them. Uh, th- that's all I've got to say on that. I I, I just want to see Javi Baez not get a single fucking hit in that entire series. That's all I really care about. <laughs> all right, so um, Tony obviously just bled into it. What I wanted to do was I wanted to go ahead and I wanted to ask you guys who your least favorite Cub of all time is and then your least favorite Cubs player now. And they could be the same person. I don't really give a shit. And then we're going to bring in our um, secret guest caller because Tony just kind of already gave it away that both of our favorite or uh favorite get the fuck out of here our least favorite most hated cub player right now is javi baez and you can go ahead and answer your one for right now dave and then kick it off with your um least favorite cub of all time uh well my least favorite it's really between baez and schwarber i can't stand what people have to say about schwarber because the guy is not, he's not that. He's not all that. And the, all the comparisons with him being the next Babe Ruth, I haven't heard that in a while, luckily, but Schwarber sucks. There's no way that I, people say that he'll make a D, good DH in the AL. I don't even think that. Like his, his batting average this season, 239. That's the highest it's been since his rookie year. Like he's not, he's not, he's not the real deal. It, it just pisses me off when with the whole hype behind him. Baez, same way. He's just a cocky. He's cocky. That's all that. That's all with him. And the the other day when he got thrown, or when he went to go place the tag on the uh, over was from the Pirates, I think it was, and they pulled that that shit on him where they pulled back his arm. That that was one of the greatest things seeing because of all the with everyone in the media talking about Baez and his smiting and his swiftness and seeing it happen against him. It it was great. It was great. 
Yeah, I also hate Kyle Schwarber with a with a passion. Um, one of the most overrated Cubs, I think, is Kyle Schwarber. Uh, that guy hasn't really proven anything to me. Uh, I, I would actually take Daniel Palka over Kyle Schwarber any day of the week. Um, Daniel Palka hasn't been sent back to the minors. I, I know that that's... <sighs> That's an easy target because he was sent back in, in his struggles last year uh, in the leadoff spot, and I think that Joe Madden's kind of at fault for some of that shit. But um, what does Kyle Schwarber really do for an NL team? I, I don't think he does much. That outfield's already too crowded to have him in there. He's not good defensively. He never stuck at catcher. He's got a great bat, but I also think that he's he's an AL uh dh and there's really no reason to have him on the cubs the cubs fans love to to tout the kyle schwarber babe ruth comparisons the guy's nowhere near what babe ruth was um it 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 bothers me on so many levels uh i don't think that that guy is anything more than just an average power hitter uh do like do like that he hits home runs everybody likes home runs but at the same point in time i don't think he provides much else than that Okay, so we kind of jumped across. Uh, David, did you tell us who your least favorite Cub of all time was? D- is it one of those two? Yeah, it's really one of those two. Because, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, what Tony, how are you? I don't know. I don't know now because I'm trying to debate whether or not I hate Kyle Schwarber more than I hate uh, Javi Baez. Here's a really hot take, though. Jose not Quintana. Here's a Here's a really... Jose Quintana is my least favorite Cub. Wow. Least favorite Cub. Because Jose Quintana, every single time that I've needed Jose Quintana to do anything for me, he's done the opposite. I've been to at least 10 Jose Quintana starts where he has absolutely sucked. Uh, I remember going to a game against Detroit where Jose Quintana lasted like two innings and gave up like three home runs. Uh in a start that we needed him to win. Uh, I remember a game, I think it was a year or two years ago. Maybe it was last, no, two years ago. Uh, I had Jose Quintana on my fantasy team. I had traded for him. It was literally the game to get into the championship. All I needed out of Jose Quintana was four innings, less than five runs, and I was into the championship. I had a lot of money on this. Jose Quintana goes out there, gives up like six runs, 12 hits, scores like negative 30 points, fucking blows me the blows me the uh, the, the championship uh, entry game. Uh, literally, I had a concession speech already given to me by the opponent, and then Jose Quintana goes and takes the field and scores a, like negative whatever amount of points. I lost by like one, and I had to concede to the other guy after he had already conceded to me embarrassing jose quintana has never done what i needed him to do uh this is this isn't even just like i like you as a, as a Sox fan you're a great player the only thing that jose quintana has done for me is net eloy jimenez and a promising looking dylan cease back to the white Sox. last week the other day against the brewers uh i and i know i i didn't watch this but i heard jose quintana came out and actually beat the brewers uh to secure the Cubs remaining in first place. Jose Quintana consistently does what I don't need him to do. So hot take here, but Jose Quintana, my least favorite Cub. 
That guy does everything he possibly can to piss me off. Smoking hot take. I still love Q. You can recycle that one. All right, so well, th- then who's your least favorite Cub of all time? Are you going to say Jose Quintana? Uh, least favorite Cub of all time? <sighs> I'm going to have to go back here. Sammy Sosa might be up there on the list. Really? I don't hate Sammy too much. I actually liked Sammy when I was like really I was really little when he was around. So Yeah, I was little too. The whole I like the whole, and he was a Sox at one point, so but um my least favorite cub of all time John fucking Lackey, dude. Fucking hated that guy. Ooh, oh, I forgot about yeah, that. Every single time he was on my TV, I literally wanted to punch him. Oh, I take back my vote. I'll come out after you finish. I take back my <laughs> least favorite player. It's it's Lackey now. No, it's David Ross. Oh yeah! Holy oh. shit! <laughs> oh my god! He's my good. least favorite Cub player of all time. God, I hate that man so much. Like, oh my god! What do you yeah, hate that's, the that's most about, about David it. Ross? The fact that he was like an average, below average catcher, hitter, just all around player, but yet the fandom behind him was incredible just because he was old. Like, I don't understand this. Like, you should like this guy because he's a good player, but the guy wasn't. Like, he he, he just annoyed me so. Much. He annoyed me in every in every capacity of the game. I'm All looking right. up his stats right now. I'm trying to see what I'm trying to see what he even did. Oh, he While fucking he, was, he wasn't that great. Yeah, he, he had a career. You know, you know, this this guy was. Did he hit the home average. run though? Did he hit the home run though that like won him the World Series or something? Yeah, he fucking did. Off of like Andrew Miller too. Ugh. Yeah, but he was he was loved he was loved before that as well though. That's the thing. yeah, that's and true. Still loved now. They would literally call his ass Mister Cub. And he was on the oh. team for like one fucking year, or maybe two. That's that's disrespecting Ernie <laughs> Banks there. Like, come on, like, like what is that? What is this bullshit here? Like, oh, we got average, sure, average two twenty nine on base percentage. We got our, we got our, we got our secret guest caller hopping in here. We do. We're gonna, we're gonna keep, we're gonna keep him silent here for just a second. Continue on, on your train of thought there about David Ross here, Dave. Oh no, just he, looking at his stats, he was even worse than I thought career-wise. He, he was a below-average hitter. I don't, I'm not sure about his his catching ability, but I'm sure that was also below-average as well. Um, postseason, even in his postseason runs, he wasn't he wasn't great. Minus that one home run that he hit. So, yeah. No, I changed my vote. All-time least favorite Cubs player, David Ross. All right, everybody. So I don't know if you hear that house music in the background or not, but uh, we actually – we were on the topic of our most hated Cubs players of all time, and we brought on one of our favorite Cubs haters – um, reoccurring guest here on Shy Sox Weekly, one of our favorite guests here that we have on. We got Johnny Nani from Sox on 35th, and we're going to let him rant a little bit about Javi Baez because I don't know if you guys know or not, but he does not like Javi Baez one bit. <laughs> yeah, 
No, thank you for that introduction, John. That couldn't be more spot on. Um, yeah, no. I don't, if you just want me to spot off without you guys uh, giving me a tipping off point. Yeah, I fucking hate Javi Baez. So let's start with just today. Today, there was a tweet from a uh, employee within the Arizona Dimebacks organization and apparently last night, sometime between the first and fourth inning, Javi Bias had come back and smashed the visitors' clubhouse sink and mirror with a baseball bat. And I it, like I, I texted a couple of my Cubs fans friends and asked them what they think about it. And they said, Oh, well, you know, he's just frustrated and blah blah blah, this and that. And I said, Oh, well, you don't think he's a little bit of a jackass for doing that? Oh, no, no, no. And I said, All right, well, this guy's a complete jackass for absolutely doing that. And I will stand by that one hundred percent because this guy he is he produces, so he. I, I will. I will give him credit for what he does on the field. But holy shit, the off-field antics and how much the MLB, Twitter, and Instagram accounts praise him for everything that he does as being electric. You know what? I feel like we should highlight all the negative shit that he does and all the strikeouts that he has for being electric as well. So my my biggest complaint with Javi Baez there was be that if he was a real man, if he was really super electric like they say he is, he would have done that with his fist, not with the bat. <laughs> <laughs> Drop fucking Thor's hammer on that thing. So so Johnny, what? do you think that Javi Baez is an MVP? He's a candidate, absolutely. I mean, you can't deny the numbers. I, I'm not. To, that, that's the thing. People get caught up in that. It's like, oh, you just suck, Shane. You hate having bias. No. Okay, yeah, I do. I, I hate him because he's on the Cubs, and I'm White Sox fan. I absolutely hate the Cubs. But I won't deny the numbers. He definitely is up there as a candidate for the NL MVP. But these Cubs fans that I usually surround myself with, unfortunately, they like to think that just because he's on the Cubs, that makes him more qualified than a Christian Yelich or a Matt Carpenter, or anyone else that you may put up for an NL MVP candidate. And it just kind of, it's like they won't even give a fair shake to someone like Yelich, who's hit for, you know, two cycles this year. And granted, they were both against the Reds, but holy shit, like, I mean, that's kind of impressive. And looking at what the Brewers have done to come back and stay in this race here, um, I don't know. I, I just, it just kind of makes me all direct my hate towards Javi Baez even more. That was awesome. <laughs> I was waiting for Tony to step in because I was the one that was talking mostly before I'm, I'm you getting, hopped on. I'm so getting a little know. bit. I'm get, I'm just getting a little bit dizzy at the, at the uh, camera view that, that Johnny's providing <laughs> us here. Uh, I, think, Johnny, I how, think what he has is he has the the microphone up to his ear so he can hear us because he's outside and he's just kind of recording like whatever is off in the distance. Oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> he yeah, he yeah. dropped the camera. Yeah, uh, camera's off. Camera's off. We were enjoying that. <laughs> yeah, we were enjoying that. It kind of gave us a little bit of a... It was literally straight straight up to my ear as I'm walking, pacing back and forth outside the bar. 
talking about how much I hate Javi Baez. <laughs> All right, Johnny. So to give you a little bit of idea as to where we brought you in, um, right now we're talking with Dave Polina, our contest winner from a couple weeks ago, and we're just kind of talking Cub Sox preview, and we were going on the list of like our most hated Cubs player of right now and then our most hated yeah. Cubs player of all time. Um, Dave picked, um, he picked David Ross. I picked John Lackey and then Tony picked Sammy Sosa. Who would be your least most favorite Cubs player of all time? Oh, all right. That's a tough one, but I, I think I'm going to have to side with David and say, uh, David Ross. I, I hated the whole storyline of the, oh my God, it's such a good story. He's, you know, this and that, and he's He's a veteran and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he's so old and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Then, you know, I, when I came in, he was finishing up his call. So I heard you guys talking about that home run in the World Series. It's like, all right, well, yeah, if you look at his numbers, probably below average defensively and offensively in almost every single category. So I, I honestly, hated the David Ross narrative because it was more, it was not so much that he aided the Cubs in getting to their, uh, you know, title run in 2016. It was more so that it enabled Cubs fans who didn't know a whole lot about what was going on at the time to have something to cheer for and have something to be, Oh yeah, it's a feel good story. It's this and that it's blah, blah, blah. And that just pissed me off because it, 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 he was not an extremely instrumental part of that club. And it, I don't know, it just kind of irks me a little bit that that kind of, you know, took over the storyline of that season a bit to me. Whereas I feel like as much as I hate the Cubs, there could have been better players uh, showcased in their World Series run in 2016. How do we all feel about Joe Madden? I, I fucking mean, I, hate Joe Madden. You made me I cry when I was a too. kid. <laughs> Last Sox playoff game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I fucking hate the guy too. He's uh, to be honest with you, I feel like he's like just like a little bit like pretentious, and he's just kind of has like an attitude about himself that he's like, oh yeah, whatever I do is fine, and. I'm loose with the guys. I let them do whatever they want, blah, blah, blah. And then if it all crumbles to shit, like last year, he doesn't take any accountability for it. So that that's why I fucking hate Joe Madden. Yeah, I'm just really like, I just hated him when he was with the Rays because of when they eliminated us. You know, I fucking, I hold grudges like that when it comes to sports. Um, I never liked like rival managers. I've never been a Terry Francona guy. I wasn't a Joe Torre guy. You know, I wasn't a Rod Gardenhire guy. Still not a Rod Gardenhire guy. I almost forget that he fucking manages the Tigers sometimes. Do you guys too? (laughs) I do too. I I still forget that he does. I can't believe that he's managed like two of my other. Not a Ned Yost guy. Like, Uh, yeah. Brian Garner. Mike Sosha too. Do not like Mike Sosha. Yeah. This is laughing. Yeah, we we got we have the best time though. I think Tony, I think AJ mind fucked him for good though. Like he he's still hanging around there. He's still managing the Angels, but I feel like he has never been the same since two thousand five. <laughs> no, he hasn't. And I I still think that he goes to sleep every night and lives that over and over again. I like to think that when Mike Sosha dreams 
he dreams about AJ Pruszynski. Yeah, nightmares more so than dreams. <laughs> All right, so that's pretty much yeah. So we wanted to have Johnny on to talk a little Cubs hate. So uh, Johnny, you got a big weekend coming up. Um, I think you're going to be at two of the three Sox Cubs games. If I was, I'll, I will only be at Saturdays. Oh, you're only going to be at Saturdays. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead. You can kind of promote what you guys got going on Saturday if you want to. Yeah, Sox on 35th uh, from the 108 tailgate in Lot B on Saturday, September 22nd. Uh, 3.30 is when we're uh, shooting for to start. Um, But, yeah, we'll be on the grass at the back of Lot B. It's a sold-out game, uh, night game, 6.10 start. Uh, So we're going to have pregame early. Obviously, we're always one awaiting. So we're going to start one awaiting real early on Saturday. Um, I'll probably be out there around 3, 3.15, but the official tailgate's going to start at 3.30. So if any of you Sox fans, or, I mean, if there were a Cub fan to be listening to this, come on out. I uh, can't promise I won't talk shit to you. But <laughs> that uh, that's the plan for Saturday. It's going to be a great time. Um, we're all sitting kind of separately at the game because, you know, with the sold-out crowd, it's not like a regular game at uh, uh, guaranteed rate field, so we can't just move around wherever. So um, we'll all be sitting in our own seats. But afterward, we are planning on heading over to Shinnick's Pub. It's uh, Sox on 35th tradition. It's our favorite south side watering hole. We're going to go over to Shinnick's Pub after the game, have a few drinks, and, uh, yeah, Saturday will be a great time. So... Let's close out the season the right way. Hopefully we get a win from Giolito. boy, Johnny. Johnny, uh, what do you got going on tomorrow night? Uh, what's, uh, tomorrow night, we are recording the first ever episode of the Four Feathers podcast. Yes, we are. Yes, we are, Tony. Blackhawks talk. We're going to be doing a little bit. Back. We're going to be doing a little 108 in tomorrow night. Uh, any Shy Sox Weekly listeners, uh, Four Feathers Podcast, at Four Feathers Pod, I believe it is, on Twitter. Uh, you yep. can get more of uh, Johnny Nani and myself, along with our guys Ron Lucy and Tyler Jones. Uh, Johnny, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I can't wait. We had talked about this on a couple episodes of Shy Sox Weekly back when I was a guest. I was about to say, I think and, that came to life on your very yeah. first episode of Shy no, Sox it, Weekly live I, on I, air. <laughs> I think it really did, but that kind of prompted me to join the Blackhawks Nation Network that Tony was already a part of, and I jo- got one of my buddies to join, and now we have a solid crew to talk Hawks all goddamn winter long. All right. Looking forward. Well, thank to you it. again. Thank you again for calling in to talk shit about the Cubs. It's always good to talk shit about the Cubs because over here on Shy Sox Weekly, we are all big Cubs haters. So you have a good rest of your night, Johnny Nani, and you have fun at that tailgate this weekend. Unfortunately, I won't be able to make it, and I don't think Tony's going either because he's going Friday. All right, that's that's fine, guys. I just want to get my last words in here. Fuck the Cubs. <laughs> I really hope they lose in their divisional series. And I really hope the White Sox sweep them this weekend. We got Lopez, Giolito, Rodon. So that's what it was. Put together okay. a good stretch of games because 
this is our World Series, quote unquote, for the year. So we, we don't have anything else to play for, really, to be honest with you guys. I just wanted to drop that in there. We don't really have anything else to play for, so we might as well go out and give it our fucking 150% this weekend. And I hope the guys do. I really hope they're motivated. And I hope we can at least take two of three, but it would be great to sweep them and put them in a staggering position going into their postseason run. All right. Thank you again, Johnny. Have a good rest of your night, man. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. Always good talking to you, Johnny. Yep. See you. And that was Johnny Nani from Sox on 35th, a frequenter on Shy Sox Weekly. Uh, we're still here with Dave Polina, uh, myself, and Shy Sox Janda. Uh, we're going to cl- try and close it out here. Uh, guys, you have anything else that you want to talk about before we uh, we wrap this episode up? Yep, I got one last thing that I want to talk about. You have anything else you want to talk about, Dave? Uh, no. You're good? Okay. Yeah. So, um, on the last for the uh, for the last segment of Shy Sox Weekly episode twenty two, guest featured Dave Polina. We want to bring uh, quick hits back, but we want to give Dave the opportunity to answer the quick hits. And I was actually the one that came up with the quick hits this time. And Tony was giving me a little bit of shit that I have been asked quick hits twice, and he never has either. So. What we're going to do is I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to ask Dave a list of questions, quick hit questions. Tony is going to drop his headphones. He's not going to listen to us. No, right, that's I'm gonna, not going to happen. Yeah, it is. Because I'm going to ask you the same questions and you're going to answer them this, it, how you answer them. All right. How long do I need to give you guys? I would say 45 seconds. You can edit out any of the awkward silence. If That's fine. I'm going to go perfect. I'm going to go hit a bathroom break real quick. So you guys perfect. go and then I'll come back. All right, that's perfect. All right. So this is going to be our closing segment for episode 22 of Shy Sox Weekly. Wanted to thank you again, Dave, for kind of taking the time out of your night to come on, but um Basically, quick hits. I mean, you pretty much you listen to us, so you know what it is. It's, I'm going to ask you um, one thing or the other, and you have to give me your response as quick as you think of it. Okay? Okay. All right, cool. So we're going to start with food. We're going to work our way into um, a couple of, like, Sox players, maybe some managers, a uh, little music, and then we'll close it out. Okay? Okay. All right. So snack food, Cheez-Its or Goldfish? Goldfish. Pringles or Lay's? Pringles. Okay. Um, how about pizza? Pepperoni or sausage? Pepperoni. If you go out to eat, do you get soup or salad? Ooh, soup. Soup. Soup guy. Okay. Moving on to music. Tupac or Biggie? Oh, Biggie. Okay. I don't know if you're big on this uh, beef that's been going on lately, but Eminem or MGK? Oh, Eminem. Eminem, okay. Safe answer, safe answer. All right, moving on to moving on to the White Sox. Uh, Gordon Beckham or Connor Gillespie? Beckham. Okay. Um, AJ Przinsky or Joe Creedy? Ooh. AJ. Paul Canerco or the Big Hurt? Paulie. Ricky Renteria or Robin Ventura? Damn it. Ah. Uh... I'm going to go with Ricky. Okay. Bills Mafia or Sox Mafia? Ooh. You can answer yeah, truthfully. I love, I, I love my Bills Mafia. 
Okay. So um, before I ask the last question, um, a little bit of background. Dave and I were talking before we hopped on, and he is a Bills fan as well. So I decided to sneak that question in there. And then lastly, um, Tony or John? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to say John because of the rant. That rant was just uh, stellar. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. More so because I just put you on the spot. You probably would have said Tony if he asked you, but I appreciate it. All right, cool. Tony, are you back? I hope he's not back because that would have ruined the end of it. All right, cool. Thank God. He is going to fucking flip on me when I ask him that question. (laughs) That was literally, that question was the whole reason that I wanted to split it off into me asking, um, you and then me asking him. <laughs> You're just still waiting for that for so weeks. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm glad that I'm glad that I was here to uh, be able for you to be able to get that out. Yeah, of course, dude. No, we're glad that we were finally able to make it happen because we were getting pretty worried that because well, I wanted to make it happen. What was it last week? I think that we were targeting for. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like last Wednesday or something like that. Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm glad we were able to do it this week because I think next week we're supposed to have the 108 guys on and then close it out because the season's over after that weekend, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm back. I'm back. Okay. I'm back. I'm, I'm ready for my quick hits. I won't tell okay. you if I if I heard any of it. but That uh, means he I'm, did. I'm here. No, I... I, I just got back. I heard you talking about the 108 guys. Um, I, I didn't know if I was supposed to jump right in or not. Okay. Yeah. You were. Yeah. We were just bullshitting. You can edit that out. All right. So. I'm not. I'm actually, are... I'm not going to edit any of this episode. It's been a long year, folks. Um, I don't quite understand. I, I don't know if anybody understands how much work that John and I have have put into Shy Sox Weekly this year. Um, I had never edited podcasts before. It's a lot of work. Um, I do. All of this editing sometimes overnight. Don't go to bed. John hasn't edited a single episode. Um, not, I'm letting this one go out not raw. Not an editor guy. Uh, I might let this one just go out raw. We're at about an hour and 20 right now. Uh, we recorded our, our intro. John uh, does our intros. Uh, I'm going to drop that. I'm going to drop our intro. Uh, and then I'm going to just let this one just go. I don't think I'm going to spend too much time on the editing. I don't think we had too many screw-ups during this episode, but this one's kind of just going to be an uncut. Uh, yeah, I do might have like... to cut out some dead spaces, but other than that, we've been flowing Yeah, other than that, good. I think we're, we've been flowing pretty well. I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time editing this. Uh, it's the end of the year. I feel like everybody needs that kind of uncut, raw, Shy Sox Weekly feel. Um, but yeah, I'm ready to go for my quick hits, so... Uh, Whenever you're ready to hit me up with those, uh, I'm good to go. I've got a, a fresh beer here. Uh, let's let's get right into it. All right, everybody. We're going to close out episode 22 of Shy Sox Weekly. <laughs> I was going to say Raw and Uncut with David Polina, but we should probably not title it that because I don't think that's very good. But We can title yeah. it whatever you want. We're going to let Dave Dave's going to title it. All right, so Cheez-Its or Goldfish? Goldfish. Pizza. Pizza goldfish. Okay. Very specific. Pringles or Lay's? Uh, Pringles. Pizza Pringles. Pepper- <laughs> Jesus Christ. Pepperoni or sausage pizza? Pepperoni. 
Okay, when you go out to eat, soup or salad? Salad. Okay. Uh, Tupac or Biggie? Biggie. All right, I don't know if you're super big on this, but Eminem versus MGK. I don't know if you're aware of all that. Eminem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, uh, moving on to the White Sox. Uh, Gordon Beckham versus Connor Gillespie. Beckham all day. Uh, AJ Przinsky versus Joe Creedy. AJ. Okay. Uh, Big Hurt, Paul K. Big Hurt. See, that's that generation speaking. Um, Ricky Renteria or Robin Ventura? Is there a neither option? Um, you could go with Robin. Was a I'm great going with Robin. For the he White was a, Sox. He was a yeah. good player. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going with. <laughs> that's what I would have said. Um, and then what? Uh, where was I? Okay, uh, Bills Mafia versus Sox Mafia. Sox Mafia. All right. I don't watch football. And if I gave my if I gave my football takes on this podcast, people would stop listening in a heartbeat. Hundred percent. Okay. And then uh, Tony or John? I'm going John all day. You're my man. Oh, let's fucking go two and zero, baby. And that was episode. No, we're not going to close it out like that. (laughs) So to give you a little bit of background, a humble brag, Dave did pick me, and his reasoning was that he really enjoyed my rant last week. I enjoyed your rant last week, and you know I've enjoyed I've enjoyed listening to you rant on this podcast for for months, John. Uh, I gotta give I gotta give you uh, the MVP award uh, for for Shy Sox Weekly this year. You fucking killed it. Uh, you've you've battled through dealing with me, dealing with all of the guests, doing a lot of shit to to make this all happen, John. Uh, You've you've done guest appearances on Sean and Maya. You've gone above and beyond uh, anything that, that that we could ask for you as a podcast host. Uh, I'll 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 concede the MVP of Shy Sox Weekly over to you. Uh, your rants have been awesome. You've had some hot takes. Uh, you've put up with quick hits for a while. You've put up with me uh, busting your balls on shit like bathroom breaks and hitting dingers and, and all that shit. John, it's been an excellent year. Uh, I've, I'm, I'm a better man for, for hosting a podcast with you. Uh, so that's <laughs> why I, I picked John all day. Uh, all right. If you ask that question. I appreciate that, Tony. So it's not quite over yet, everybody. We are going to have an episode next week. Um, I was just kind of, if we're not going to cut it, that's what Dave and I were talking about uh, prior. So you kind of already know. I don't want to like, Reloop it, but yeah. So we're gonna have the section 108 guys on. We're not sure who we're gonna have on. Hopefully, we just have the same lineup that we had on last time. Maybe we can get Wally money and get the whole, the whole foursome of them. But we'll see what's up. Um, other than that, you guys got anything else you want to say? I'm actually good now. Uh, I just want to say that uh, it was awesome having Dave Polina on. We're very happy that the uh, the contest that we ran had the uh the the draw that it did um we had a lot of entries in there uh we're happy that we could make it work for dave uh i I think we touched on it there was some scheduling stuff uh that we had to work out uh it's 12 almost 12 30 in the morning right now and, and dave's holding strong uh it's it's not easy to be a white Sox podcaster uh, there's a lot of drinking. There's a lot of late nights involved in this, so we're very happy that Dave was able to 
to partake with us. Uh, we hope that he enjoyed this experience as much as we did with him. Uh, we'd like to thank all of our listeners for for tuning in uh, throughout the year, and especially this episode with Dave. Um, go White Sox the rest of the year. Uh, come out to the ballpark. Uh, th- there's only six games left. I think we touched on how expensive some of these Cubs tickets are going to be. Go hit that, that Cleveland series up next week. Get out to the ballpark one last time. Uh, we're excited for 2019 to come spend uh, more games with you guys. Uh, John and I made it to, I think it was two games together this year. We're going to try and get uh, a lot more than that next year. Uh, maybe we'll partake a little bit more in the tailgate scene. I know I will try and show up a little bit earlier. Uh, but, yeah, this was this was a great year. Uh, one or two more episodes coming for the regular season. Uh, I'm good. That's all I've really got to say. Thank you, guys. Everybody, thank you. Uh, buy a Shy Sox Weekly t-shirt if you, if you want to. Um, I know White Sox Sales got his. He's rocking it. Uh, he's posting that shit all over Twitter. Uh, we love that. Uh, when you buy your shirt, uh, take a picture of it. Send it to us. We'll retweet it. Uh, John, I'm good. That's all I've got to say. Go White Sox. That's all I've got to say. Um, I echo you on thanking Dave for coming on. Dave, you were fucking awesome, man. You killed it. Um, we're actually probably going to talk off camera to see if you're available to maybe do some stuff. For sh- oh, did he already leave? He's gone. Dave. 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 Dave, no. Dave, he's already we're gonna gone. Call Dave, we're going to call Dave back. Apparently, Dave left a little early. Maybe he won away a little too much. We don't know. We don't know why Dave left. But, John, what the fuck? let's go White Sox. All right, yeah. That's going to be it from us, guys. Um, or are we going to let Dave say goodbye? Are you dialing him right now? No, I'm going to dial him up after. But- All right, that's it from us, guys. Uh, Dave says goodbye as well. You guys have a good rest of your week, and we'll see you next week. Go White Sox. See you next week. Go White Sox. Actually, we, we've got Dave back. I, I don't know where he went, hey guys. but he's back. <laughs> Dave, do you have any closing thoughts for everybody on Shy Sacks Weekly? How was your experience? Uh, just close it out for us, Dave. Oh, uh, well, I want to thank you guys again for having me on. Uh, not going to lie, I didn't think I was going to win that contest because I never win contests. So, uh, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, thanks so much. I love uh, being able to talk about White Sox with uh, other fellow Sox fans. Um, had a great time. Hope to see you guys around the park next season. And, uh, now if you ever need someone to just fill some time, give me a call. But, uh, thanks so much again for, for everything. All right. Thank you again, Dave. You have a good night, man. Absolutely. We like yeah, to close you guys it out. Well. We like well, to close, close it out with, with a go white, go white Sox. So let's all close it out with a go white Sox. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Let's go white Sox. Let's go Sox. Go white Sox, baby.